All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Metabolism Mindset and Macros podcast. I am your host, certified functional nutritionist, Natalie Guevara, and I'm here to help you reverse your symptoms of Hashimoto's or PCOS without dieting and without the expensive extreme supplement protocols. My aim is always to share my real life experience as a human being living with Hashimoto's and PCOS, as well as my decade of expertise and knowledge and experience coaching hundreds of women just like you. Today, I'm sharing yet another replay from my free Facebook group, the Metabolism Mindset and Macros community. Would love to see you in there. All around energy with Hashimoto's and PCOS, because this is something that so many of us struggle with. And now that we are right at the beginning of the official start of summer, it's something that can be a little bit more prevalent, whether it is that you're trying to spend time with your family, your kids are, are home for the summer and you want to be more present, you want to have the energy to keep up, or it's because it's so dang hot and you just feel that the heat is zapping you even further. So I hope that this is going to, um, as always, shift your perspective around what is possible for you, your body, your health, and your life, but give you some some different ways of approaching your nutrition, your lifestyle, and, and your health that don't require you to add a bunch of to-dos to your already busy to-do list and really just help support you in actually living and enjoying your life because that's what life is made for. As always, would love to hear your feedback. If you have the opportunity, if you would take a few minutes to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to me. It just helps the podcast show up a little bit higher in search feeds so more folks can find the show. And if this is something that resonates with you, if you find it helpful, share. Please share with anyone that would, would find this information helpful. You can tag me on Instagram at Natalie Brooke. Brooke is with an E. Guevara. Would always love to hear from you what's resonating, what your takeaways are, and how I can continue to create content that supports you. All right, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I am super excited to be here with you live. I um, give it just a moment because I didn't announce this week's live. We've been running through a bit of a stomach flu through our entire family <laughs> since last Thursday. So things have been a little bit chaotic in our, our household. So I hope you all are feeling fine and well. We started with the littlest of the family. Um, the 11 month old started with the stomach flu and it's just one after another. So um, hopefully we're on the last family member. So hopefully um, we can put all of this behind us soon. Um, but regardless of announcing the training, I'm here to show up and deliver you a super awesome training on boosting your energy with Hashimoto's or PCOS, because through my conversations with you all, um, this, this is one of the top struggles that we all deal with when it comes to Hashimoto's and PCOS and for better or worse, when it, you know, we're, we're right at the cusp of it being officially summer and where I am, it's 90 degrees today. And sometimes when we are in these situations where we're dealing with, um, warmer temperatures, and things like that, we can feel our energy zapped even further. And so I wanted to talk about this. We've talked a little bit about energy and some, and some of the past trainings that you can um, go to the top and search through the group if you want to dive in a little bit more to that. But I thought that this would be a good opportunity to explore what that looks like um, today. So I wanted to start with a couple of reasons that we struggle with, with energy if you are someone that's dealing with Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism, or PCOS. Um, first of all, when we are, and I've, it's become apparent that I also need to do a live training on the different, the 
the difference between Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. But when dealing with something like hypothyroidism, which you can have Hashimoto's without hypothyroidism, we are already dealing with a slower metabolism, a slower metabolic state. So this can be one of the causes. So I wanted to start with that one because that, that is one of the causes for energy slumps and things like that. So it is crucial that we do have our thyroid nor, uh, numbers in check. If that is something that you personally struggle with, if you're on thyroid medication and things like that, because that is a pretty big reason. Hypo just means lower, slower. Um, and so it is important that we're making sure that we're replacing that hormone to help our energy because our thyroid, again, is the governor of our, our metabolism and our metabolism controls basically every function in our body. There is also a thyroid hormone in every cell of our body. So it's not just about this gland in your neck. It's about the entire human experience. And then when we're dealing with things like Hashimoto's, Hashimoto's is the number one cause of hypothyroidism. It causes 90% of hypothyroid Cases, it's an autoimmune condition. So not only is it an autoimmune condition that causes us to attack our thyroid, but an autoimmune condition doesn't just live in one, one portion of our body, right? It lives in the entire thing. It affects our immune system. It, it affects our inflammatory system. And when our immune system is, is on, um, heightened alert, right? It's using a lot of energy, which can also make us feel tired. So it's important that we're addressing the autoimmune component of Hashimoto's and not just the hypothyroid component of Hashimoto's. If we do have both reducing inflammation, supporting our immune system, et cetera. And I'm going to talk about some strategies for that today. And then with PCOS, PCOS usually just affects our, um, reproductive, reproductive hormones or reproductive system, but it also, because our metabolism is a huge part of that, because again, whether you desire to reproduce as a female or not, we are designed to keep our species going. So we are designed to reproduce. So the metabolism has a lot to do with our reproductive system. And so when we have issues like PCOS, a lot of times insulin sensitivity issues come along with that. They also come along um, with Hashimoto's and, and things like autoimmunity. And so that can be a big consideration as, as well. So aside for, so Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, hypothyroidism, we want to make sure that our numbers are in check and that we are getting the appropriate hormone replacement for that condition. Hashimoto's, we want to be supporting our autoimmune condition separately for that. And then with PCOS, so Hashimoto's, the best way to approach resolving your autoimmunity, um, supporting your immune system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is through nutrition and lifestyle. The number one way to treat and support PCOS is also through nutrition and lifestyle. Now, sometimes doctors will tell you things like birth control and all these other medications that does not treat your PCOS, um, certain medications like metformin that also does not treat your PCOS. It is to help with insulin sensitivity and the diabetic component to your PCOS, which can also be supported through nutrition and lifestyle. So ways that we can increase our energy without taking medication, without doing extreme expensive supplements, the first thing is to make sure that we're actually eating. And this is a hard one for many of us. And that's why I start with number one. I want to share an interesting story that I've actually been chatting with my coach a lot recently around my experience getting started with my Hashimoto's and my PCOS diagnosis that I haven't talked a lot about publicly because it's still a area that I carry a lot of shame around, especially as someone who has been in the nutrition and fitness industry for 15 years now. I was heavily into coaching. I did this full-time at the time that I was diagnosed with both Hashimoto's and PCOS, and I was hiring nutrition coaches, nutritionists, as well as personal trainers to help me support my own body. I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of support in any capacity that is 
is available to us. I personally believe that we as humans are not designed to do this thing called life solo. And they were continuing to support me and eating less exercising more. The common advice that we are given because we are told that weight loss is the holy grail to feeling better in our bodies. However, again, I I say this often, weight loss is a symptom of autoimmunity, Hashimoto's weight loss or weight gain. Weight gain is a symptom of PCOS. It is not the cause. And until we address the actual condition, our continual search to lose weight, these fad diets, these gimmicks, these supplements are not going to do anything, but continue to perpetuate harm continue to traumatize our bodies and our mindset around how we're actually going to feel better. And so for me, when I, I knew I had so much education, so much knowledge around nutrition, but I had hired these other professionals that were continuing to take food away from me and it was continuing to make my body more inflamed. I have shared definitely publicly that when, with working with these professionals, going on these expensive supplements and doing all these restrictive diet protocols and pulling food away, I quickly within 12 weeks gained 10 pounds rather than losing an absolute pound. And it was really embarrassing. I went from someone who could manipulate her body through lifting weights or adding in some cardio or shifting my macros to someone who was trying to do all of the things. And I was just continuing to get puffier. My face was puffier. Uh, My body was puffier. I was having to buy new clothes because I didn't fit into my clothes anymore. Meanwhile, trying to continue to support my own clients and train my own clients who were getting fantastic results. And it was just really, really confusing. And it wasn't until I started to go down uh, the deep dive and continue to get mentorship and specialty education in autoimmunity in female hormones in metabolism that I understood that my body was starving. My body needed to be fed. And so if we want to have more energy, we have to understand that we need fuel. Just like we have to put fuel in our cars in order for them to continue to run, we have to put fuel in our bodies. Now, I want to be crystal clear. This is not a conversation around food is only fuel. Food can be fun as well. But for the purpose of talking about energy, food is mandatory. One of the first things that I do with my one-on-one clients when we're really struggling with energy is to help support them in eating consistently, eating balanced meals consistently. That means we're not fasting. We're not skipping meals. We're not trying to, you know, sweat through hunger in order to get some arbitrary metal or stick to a really low calorie count. We're focusing on nourishing our bodies, feeding our bodies. Now, of course we could go into, and I've talked about macronutrient breakdowns in, in some of the trainings throughout the group. We could go into a deep dive on that. Um, but I encourage you to, uh, just search through, just search, uh, macros and, and nutrition in the, in the top. And you'll see many of the live trainings that I've done on that. So having a balanced plate is important as well, but making sure that we're just starting by eating breakfast, we're starting by eating lunch, we're starting by eating dinner and doing that consistently every single day. This is continuing to build trust with our bodies that we are going to nourish it, that we are going to provide it with fuel. Imagine if you were driving your car all along and it, you know, it was like one of those talking cars from the cars movie or something. I don't know. Um, and it never knew if we were actually going to put gas in the tank, if it had a brain of of its own, which our body does, our metabolism is incredibly adaptive, incredibly intelligent. It would probably try to pull back. It would trouble, probably try to conserve energy, tell us to expend less because it wouldn't have that trust system being like, Oh, we can actually continue to create energy to, um, 
to generate energy within our bodies because we're going to get, we're going to stop at the gas station and we're going to get a little bit more, more fuel and continue to move on. Now, a lot of folks will say there's, you know, this kind of evidence supporting intermittent fasting and things like that. And so I want to be really clear that most of the evidence that is supportive of fasting for women is no more than a 12 hour fast. So this looks like stopping to eat, you know, slightly after dinner and then not eating again till breakfast. This does not mean skipping breakfast. We live in an extreme culture where we take everything to extremes and people will start promoting these 16 and eight fast. That has been disproven again and again and again to be supportive of women. It is not supportive of our hormones. It increases cortisol, which creates again, of course, stress inflammation, but it also creates insulin issues, which is not doing what folks think that it's doing in helping us resolve some of the diabetic issues of Hashimoto's as well as PCOS, but it's actually continuing to perpetuate them by increasing our cortisol. So if you do want to receive benefits from letting your gut rest, fasting and things like that, a 12 hour fast while you sleep is plenty supportive of that. So make sure that we're actually eating breakfast. And this is a reminder because I myself used to use coffee as breakfast. Coffee is not breakfast. We need to have food, which brings me to the next point and making sure that we're getting protein at every single meal. I like for folks to get a minimum of 30 grams. Now, if you're plant-based, this can be a little bit more challenging, but I encourage you to get creative. Protein is necessary. It is, it is like our flex fuel. Um, it is so important for metabolic function. It is so important for maintaining our muscle, which is so necessary for maintaining energy. And it is the most satiating and satisfying, um, macronutrient. So it takes a little bit longer to digest, which means that we're actually able to trickle the fuel out a little bit more. Um, of course, carbohydrates are going to be our jet fuel. It's quick energy. And that comes to my next point. So eating consistently, eating enough, making sure that we're getting protein at every single meal, making sure that we are not skimping on carbohydrates. Now, again, going back to that extreme mindset, this all or nothing black or white thinking carbohydrates inherently are not bad. A lot of folks are under the impression that low carb ketogenic lifestyles are really supportive for those with insulin sensitivity issues. And so there's a lot of messaging around low carb this and low carb that. But what we actually don't talk about enough is what does low carb mean? Low carb doesn't mean no carb. And so I really dislike the terminology low carb, and I love to support my clients in finding the right carb, <laughs> the right carb balance for them. So for a lot of folks, we'll wind up eating more processed foods because we're trying to eliminate carbs. And then we find ourselves hungrier. And then we find ourselves with these energy slumps and we struggle sleeping um, and things like that. We experience more cravings when we actually could find our right carbohydrate balance, really focusing on, you know, getting our fruits and vegetables, whole grains and things like that, that are really going to support our energy, really support our metabolism and actually support us balancing our blood sugar. A lot of folks, when they pull back from carbs and, and they just, uh, it's, it's not a conscious shift. They, they move to a few more processed foods and things like that. Just, just because they, they run out of options, they actually wind up putting themselves into some nutrient deficiencies. And this is something that we talked about in my group coaching program. Um, the, this Monday that a lot of folks don't realize one of those things is we start to not have enough dietary fiber, which is crucial for blood sugar management. Mismanaged blood sugar is one of the other reasons that we don't have the energy that we want. So not eating enough, not eating in the right intervals. And then blood sugar management is going to be the next reason that we really struggle with balance. So 
tying these things in together, making sure that we're not skipping meals, making sure that we are eating balanced meals, making sure that we're getting that protein and we're not eliminating our carbohydrates. We're getting the right amount of carbs is going to help us manage our blood sugar so that we stay at a more even amount of energy versus having the, these ebbs and flows, these peaks and these valleys with our energy. A lot of folks will, you know, make complaints around having that 3 PM energy slump, right? This is also when we start to have a natural shift in our cortisol. So it's really important that we, um, support our stress management. It's really important that we can support that in any way possible. Of course, we live in, in a stressful world. So ways to support your stress and your cortisol is also through making sure that we're eating enough, making sure that we're eating consistently, making sure that we're getting our protein, making sure that we're getting our carbohydrates. So we're not continuing to stress out our metabolism in a way that it's already stress, right? Through, through work and life and, and things that we can't always manage. And so that's another great way course, hydration and making sure that we're balancing our, um, electrolytes. So not just drinking straight water, making sure that we do get a little bit of salt in our diet. Sodium is important. Making sure that we have plenty of electrolytes and they are balanced is a great way to support our energy, especially now that it's summertime, especially now that it's a little bit warmer, we're sweating more, especially if you're exercising outside, you're losing more, you're depleting, um, essential minerals, you're depleting your electrolytes. And we actually need to replace those. Um, I'm a huge fan of the product called element. L-M-N-T. Uh, I have one of those every single day, but again, this is, this is something that can be individual. I don't recommend things like Gatorades that have a lot of dyes and a lot of artificial things in them. Not that I'm just completely against anything artificial or processed, but drinking things like that um, can affect our guts and we, we don't really want to do that. Another way to support your energy is making sure to the best of your ability that we are going to bed at the same time. And we are waking up at the same time. Yes. On the weekend, I always like to throw my husband under the bus for this because he is the worst. It's a little bit better since we have the 11 month old and he kind of keeps us on a regular schedule, but my husband would notoriously get up for work during the week. And then on the weekends, you'd want to sleep in. And this is not great for your circadian rhythm. This is not great for energy production. Again, teaching your body, your body loves routine. Your metabolism loves routine. Um, as I said, it's, it's, it's adaptive. It's intelligent. So if we're constantly throwing at curveballs and it's needing to adapt, that's going to affect our energy as well, because your body is trying to keep you safe. Your body is trying to protect you. Your body is trying to co constantly conserve energy because it didn't get the iOS update that we're probably not going to be walking in our backyard and suddenly be chased by a bear out in the woods. Right. So your body is constantly in protective mode. And if it perceives that it needs to conserve energy to protect you in case of an emergency, it's going to keep it. It's like your, when your phone goes into energy safe mode, right? Keeps everything just a little bit duller. Um, so keeping these consistent routines through our sleep, again, the best you can, as I've said multiple times, I have an 11 month old. So sleep is one of the things that I struggle with. Um, I actually, interestingly enough, was, was reading a newer book from, so I don't agree with everything that she says, but she has some really dogmatic um, protocols in the past protocols and things like that around managing, managing thyroid stuff and managing, um, adrenal health. And she had a baby and she has a new book out and I decided I wanted to read it and started to read it. And one of the first things that she started talking about is how she regrets being so dogmatic around sleep. She used to preach that, you know, we needed to sleep eight hours consecutive every single night, take naps and things like that. And she's like, you know, now that I have a baby and I realize that you can't do that. Um, which, you know, at that time I was like, wow, this is incredibly, um, unhelpful for folks that can't get eight consecutive hours. So I really like to reiterate the fact that it's not so much around eight 
you know, consecutive hours, but really setting that this is when I go to bed. This is when I wake up. I'm really prioritizing the quality of sleep over the quantity of sleep can make a huge difference. Again, the less curveballs we throw um, to our metabolism, to our bot, to our bodies, the more they're actually going to be able to focus on doing the things that we want them to do, right? If your body is constantly working in overdrive, trying to course correct the things that we throw at it, um, then that can put a damper on things as well. So let's let's recap what the what this looks like. So the first thing is, and this is the easiest thing, without adding anything into your routine, without adding anything into your life, is just make sure that you're eating consistently enough, balanced meals, eating protein, not skimping on your carbs, making sure that you're drinking water, drinking water more than anything else that, that we drink, right? So caloric beverages, whatever. Again, this is not a conversation of you just only need to drink water. We just want to be drinking water 90% of the time that we are con consuming things, making sure that we are staying consistent with our, our bedtimes, our wake up time, supporting a healthy circadian rhythm, supporting routine in our body. And then the last thing that I like to throw in is, is to make sure that we're actually moving our body. And I leave this in the, in, in the last part, because again, this was something that I really struggled with personally, having this belief that the more we exercise, the more energy that we had, but I was having the opposite experience. I was exercising and I was just feeling more and more depleted. So this is also something that I walk my clients through with their symptom journal. And I know I've mentioned that and some of these li live trainings is really paying attention to this is how I move my body to Today. This is how I felt before. And this is how I felt after. Now it's not as simple as that. Cause we also have to pay attention to our nutrition. We also have to pay attention to our sleep. We also have to pay attention to our stress. Um, but looking at what feels good in your body, what actually does support you feeling energized, what actually does support you, um, uh, wanting to move your body more versus being sedentary. It's cliche, but a body emotion stays in motion, but we also have to find that balance between I'm moving and I'm resting. I am anti hustle push culture and more into let me feel into what my body is going to respond to that because your body is the most intelligent thing when it comes to your health more so than any doctor, more so than any book or anything like that. Your body knows best and you know your body best. But looking at things that you enjoy, whether it's walking the dog, some people enjoy mowing the lawn, that's not me, swimming, cycling, all these different ways that your body can just be active without it having to be rigid, without it having to be programmed, can be really supportive of healthy energy balance. As always, love to know your questions, love to know what's res resonating. If you're watching the replay, comment hashtag replay so that I know that you saw it. And I will see you guys back next week for another live training. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this was helpful. Of course, you can find, I do these live trainings in my free Facebook community every single week. You can find us in the Metabolism Mindset and Macros Facebook community. You can find me on Instagram at Natalie Brooke, Brooke is with an E, Guevara. Learn more about me and my coaching opportunities at www.updogwellnessandfitness.com. And of course, I will be back with another show next week. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Talk soon.